0: To introduce this podcast, we have to get a little sad. Now, I'm recording this before I actually sit down with the rest of the guys and actually talk this over, but I need to do this to express a certain sadness I have felt this week. I want to start by taking you all back to the summer of 2018. The World Cup is right around the corner. We're all expecting for Germany to do incredibly well, which of course they did. And I am a sophomore going into my junior year of college sitting in a plastic mold injection factory in Manchester, Connecticut, working a midnight to 8am shift. I'm directionless with my time at school I'm a little bit lost and I don't exactly know what to do I'm also incredibly angry that I didn't get an internship at some company blah 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 here I am working midnight to 8 a.m but what I decided to start doing around that time is I started listening to podcasts in order to get things out of the way. And slowly and carefully after listening to a bunch, I decided, you know what? This isn't really bad. Um there's really a couple of things that I can take and do for myself. And after a while, those thoughts kept sitting there and sitting in my head and eventually a podcast came to birth, which is what this is. Hovering around near 150,000 downloads, which is something I never thought. I'd be able to say, and there were three podcasts that I really consistently listened to in that time and in future times. And when I was thinking of what kind of podcast I wanted the show to be and what kind of podcaster I wanted to be, There were really three shows that I turned to. The first was Alexi Lawless' show, because he talked a lot about the U.S. uh, men's national team, which wasn't at the World Cup, and I wanted to see what things would be like when your main source wasn't in the tournament. I also listened to Grant Wall's podcast that he used to do with Sports Illustrated a lot. But the one show that I really grabbed onto during this time was... The Total Soccer Show, because they produced previews for every single group, and they talked about every team in depth for about an hour for each episode. Which, if you've never done podcasting before, it's intense work. It's a lot of editing. It's a lot of time consumption. And for those that are in the American soccer community, you may have realized by now where I'm going with this, but the American soccer community lost an important person this week in a battle to cancer, uh, Daryl Grove. He inspired people. He was kind to people. And in in the words of his, his co-host, Taylor Rockwell, he was a friend to people that never even met him before. It's incredibly hard to lose important people, as we've all witnessed this year. And... To lose Daryl as well is a terrible thing. I'm saying this from the perspective of somebody who has never met him, but is one of the many people who feels like I have because he's been important in ways that he hasn't known, at least specifically to this podcast. He, like I said, helped to define what this is, at least through my mind. He's one of the people that I looked to, one of the people I admired, one of the people that I really, really enjoyed, both him and Taylor, and their um, their rapport with each other, the jokes that they would crack with each other. It's terribly sad. It's, it's an absolute tragedy what happened. My thoughts are with Taylor, his family, his wife, the soccer community in Richmond, Virginia, the fans of Wolverhampton out there the club that Daryl supported at the end of the announcement episode that Taylor put out with total soccer show uh, at the end of the episode he played end of the line by traveling Willberries. now it might be a risk for us because we're not owned by the athletic like uh, total soccer show is but the reason why I feel almost compelled to play this is because I've seen a lot of tributes on Twitter using that song for Daryl. And so I feel compelled to do the same. Uh, I might be wrong in that. I might be told to get the episode taken down. But for a man that did so much for podcasting, did so much for soccer podcasting and for soccer in the United States, I feel this is necessary. I feel like we should at least open our podcast with this remembrance of him and with at least part of the song to Daryl Grove one of the best to ever do it Um, may your memory live long in the minds of US soccer fans around the world from now until the end of time thank you and rest easy well it's all Hello und willkommen, which I guess is another thing that Daryl taught me to do. He always introduced all of his podcasts with hello and welcome, and I just took the German spin on that. So just hallo und willkommen to yet another episode of Bavarian Podcast Works. This is going to be basically a rapid fire podcast since this is coming out on the day of Bayern's second UEFA Champions League game against Lokomotiv Moscow and These games are just coming by way too fast, like a freight train, which is ironic because we're playing Locomotive Moscow. So today we are going to cover Bayern's 4-0 win over Atletico Madrid. We're going to take on the 5-0 win over Eintracht Frankfurt. We're going to slightly look at uh, Locomotive's form their game against Salzburg and what we expect out of this team and to do that with me I am joined by Chuck Smith. Chuck how are you doing today?
1: Jake I'm doing great how are you? I know it's been pretty hectic lately but I appreciate you jumping on and and having this podcast tonight. I think it's going to be great for everybody to get tuned up for the locomotive game.
0: Absolutely so let's go ahead and just jump right into it. Bayern Munich defeated Atletico Madrid last Wednesday 4-0 in the first game of their Group A competition for the 2020-21 season. Kingsley Coman scored himself a brace with goals in the 28th and 72nd minutes. Leon Goretzka made it a 2-0 game after Kingsley's first goal at the half, and then Corin Tolisso chipped in in the 66th. So, goals coming from unlikely places, especially coming off of the news that Serge Gnabry was injured. Or not injured, but just out with COVID-related issues. Uh, Chuck, what did you think of this team and their form, especially after having a major shakeup to their lineup like that?
1: I mean, it was a it was a superior effort, I thought, and I, I don't think in any way you could look at that performance from Bayern Munich. And, and and you know you could criticize things small things here and there, but I don't think you could look at it and say that it was anything less than an A plus. Offensively, they dominated the game. Defensively, they were very solid, very few mistakes, and they dominated the midfield against a good potent team like Atlético Madrid. And, and how much they can muck up the game and really make it hard on their opponents. Byron handled it, and they handled it great. I, I couldn't be more impressed with them.
0: Much like how Bayern destroyed their most previous. Spanish side counterpart, Barcelona, 8-2 by making a very good goalkeeper look very foolish. Bayern did the same thing with Atletico goalkeeper Jan Oblak. What were your thoughts on his performance and why do you think he was just so out of form on this day?
1: I think it was the Bayern effect. He was overwhelmed by the speed coming at him. He was overwhelmed by how quickly and crisply Bayern was playing the ball in. It was tremendous to see if he didn't have the wings bearing down on him. And obviously Kingsley Coman with his brace uh, was the star of the day. If he didn't have the wings bearing down, he had the threat of Robert Lewandowski and Thomas Muller. And then he had the midfielders <laughs> contributing. I mean, with Leon Gretzka and Quarantan Tolisso each with a goal. I mean, Oblak, he had no rest. He must have really felt overwhelmed in that.
0: Another point that we have to hit on right here about bit of statistical information for everybody at home. 59% possession on the ball for Bayern Munich versus 41 for Atletico. But what really screams to us, 16 shots for Bayern, 6 for Atleti, 5 on target for Bayern, 1 for Atletico Madrid the entire game. And we're talking about a team that Boasts firepower up front. They started off a four-four-two. Yannick Carrasco on the wings, Yarente on the wings, uh, Hector Herrera along with Coke, and then Luis Suarez and Joao Felix up top. This is not a team. That lacks firepower. What What do you think was missing for them up front, or do you think it was more of a case of that Bayern back line of Luca Hernandez, David Alaba, Nicolas Sula, and Benjamin Pavard really just performing out of their skin?
1: I think it was a combination of how well the the the, the back four played, but also just how much the overall pressure of the offense put on Atleti. I, I was, you know, I, when I watched the game, I was really impressed with how Bayern, even with you know, 59% possession, Jake, it felt like it was 90%. It felt like they were always taking it to Atletico Madrid. But one of the key things I thought defensively was to see the form of Nicolas Sula and how well he has come back from that ACL injury. It's one of the things I think we're all kind of overlooking. I mean, this is a guy who, I mean, he's a big guy. He had a terrible injury and I, you know, he made it back pretty quickly at the end of last year. But his form, since he's since he's really gotten back in the mix, has been excellent, and that's a great sign for Bayern Munich, especially at a time where David Alaba is not really playing at his best. It's been excellent to see Sewell play the way he has.
0: Of course, Eric Maxim Choupo-Moting came on for Robert Lewandowski after his terrible performance. It's the second straight Champions League game that he hasn't been able to get on the score sheet, so... I think it might be time to consider selling Robert Lewandowski if he continues to have this terrible run of form. Uh, moving on to the Bundesliga game at the weekend, a 5-0 win for Bayern Munich on what's almost the one-year anniversary that Bayern Munich lost 5-1 to Eintracht Frankfurt in the subsequent firing of Nico Kovac uh, gave us Hansi Flick. But looking at this game... I mentioned Robert Lewandowski had a terrible run of form in the Champions League, but I spoke too soon because in the Bundesliga, he got his first hat-trick of the season, goal in the 10th, goal in the 26th, and goal in the 60th minute for the Polish main man, Leroy Sane, fresh off of an injury, came on, scored in the 72nd minute, and the wunderkind again, Jamal Musiala scoring in the 90th minute. Uh, Let's start and take a look at this Eintracht Frankfurt team, which really, on paper, probably should be a little bit better, like a lot better, (laughs) like incredibly better, right? Makoto Hasebe, uh, Martin Hinterreger, Tuta, Steven Zuber, and um, and Almamy Toure serving as wing backs in this three four one two slash five three two formation that Eintracht likes to run with those wingbacks what happened to them this game I know the Hinti army is strong but he did not look good this game at all
1: yeah it, this was not a game for Eintracht Frankfurt to to really even compete in it's, it's again, it's another case where Bayern Munich is so overwhelming at times. It makes it impossible for even quality sides like Eintracht to really keep up. And I know Eintracht, Frank, where they were missing Philip Kostic, who is, I believe, one of the most underrated players in the Bundesliga. But even if he was there, it would not have mattered. Lewandowski was so strong, he was so dangerous. And to think that, you know, you can look to your bench and you can bring in someone like Leroy Sané to come in and hit a wonder goal like he did. And, and, and you know, you had Jamal Musial also come in square. I mean, that those are the bench players from that game. So it, it, was, it was great to see. And it's a shame for Eintracht. I think they're a better team than they showed. And I think the next time around, this will be a bit of a different game. I think they'll take a more conservative approach because – That's really the only approach you can take against Bayern Munich right now. If you try and go punch for punch with Hansi Flick's crew right now, you're going to lose.
0: Now, of course, Eintracht started Andre Silva up top, along with Bas Dost. That's a pretty decent two-head attack. But Bayern's starting front four of Lewandowski, Costa, Müller, and Kingsley Coman performed phenomenally this game. Uh, outside of the three goals that Lewandowski chipped in, what did you like to see from, uh, from the players moving up there?
1: Well, you're starting to see what we've only always wanted to see from Kingsley Coman, and that's sustained, consistent performance. I know I've I've been hard on him in the way that you could always see how talented he was, and he just had a such a tough time staying healthy. But he's really putting it all together, and it's actually making one of my biggest fears come true And that I think he's excelling so much, he's going to be making a push for a starting nod. And and how do you get that consistently on this team with Leroy Sané and Serge Gnabry, who, who we'll see most of the time in the starting roles? So it's an interesting thing to watch play out. Obviously, to have Douglas Costa come back and be your fourth winger, I mean, he could be a starter on a lot of teams. So. I was really impressed, and just centrally to have Mueller and Lewandowski working together, it, it just doesn't get any better than that in the world right now.
0: Of course we have to mention the negatives for Bayern Munich. Alfonso Davies started this game after having a lot of issues, at least perceived issues, from us in the media after losing his main starting role at left-back to Luca Hernandez. It's a long term injury. He's going to be out for multiple weeks. And uh Byron are kinda now strapped for help at left back if you if you really want to think about it this way. Uh Luca, it's Davy's first major injury in his career. So all the best of luck to him. But um Luca Hernandez is now the starting left back And with David Alaba and Jerome Boateng pretty much locking down that role, do you consider, if you're Hansi Flick, potentially rotating Alaba to that left-back position? Or do you try to get creative and find some other options, seeing as Alaba has been utterly phenomenal at center-back so far this year?
1: I would definitely consider bumping Alaba back. And I use no other example than Joshua Kimmich when you look at someone who's excelling in a role and then having to move back to his old position when Hansi Flick asks. Yeah, I think that makes sense just because of the center back depth that you have. When you have Nicholas Sewell and you have Jerome Boateng, you have Luca Hernandez who can play center back and Alaba who can play center back. Sure, I would not hesitate at all to move Alaba back out there. And I got to say, Jake, it was devastating to watch Davies go down. The reaction on his face immediately, you knew it was bad. I mean, six to eight weeks, that's the expected time frame that he'll be out. And I think that it's actually not such a bad deal considering what that looked like when he went down. I had the worst fears going through my head, but in a way I was kind of happy that the prognosis was only eight weeks because the way he went down and how he immediately called for help, it it was really scary to see.
0: It really was. I saw that injury. I immediately thought like torn Achilles or something even worse, like a completely like broken leg or something that's impossible to recover from. So all the best of luck to him in his recovery. Uh, I know he's going to be spending a lot of time training and working on that, and hopefully Fonzie comes back better than ever, which brings us to the game on Tuesday. Lokomotive Moscow against Bayern Munich. Lokomotive are actually second in the table, believe it or not. I mean, that kind of makes sense given how Bayern smashed Atleti for nothing. But uh, March, March Madness FC Salzburg did not perform as well as we all thought they would. A 2-2 draw in this one. Portuguese striker and hero of the 2016 Euros, Adair, scored first for Lokomotive in the 19th minute. Uh, just on the stroke of halftime, Hungarian wunderkind uh, Dominic Schubschlai scored in the 45th minute, tying it 1-1, just going into the half. Five minutes after the half coming out, Zlatko Januzjevic, I believe that's Ginusevich. Uh scored in the 50th minute to make it 2-1 and then just on the death of 90 minutes, 75th minute, Vitali Lisakovich scores. Moscow take a point away from this one. Bayern will be traveling to the Russian capital for this game Tuesday 1:55 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, There's not really a lot going on with this Lokomotiv Moscow team. Their back line has a lot of people whose age begins with the number three, uh, and there are at least three injuries along the back line that are of major concern there. Uh, In the midfield, they have a lot of youngsters. They have at least three people on the roster under the age of 23, four under the age of 25, though that defensive midfielder, Dmitry Baranov is currently injured. Um, he's not expected to come back until March of 2021. Uh, they're anchored in the meantime by former PSG and West Brom defensive midfielder Gregor Kokowiak. That'll be fun and interesting. This team used to be uh, headed in the midfield by the Miranchuk brothers, but after Alexei Miranchuk left for Atalanta for about 16 million US dollars, uh, that leaves his brother Anton Miranchuk as the only attacking midfielder left. And then it comes up to their striking core. It's really a mixed bag, right? They have Russian striker uh, Fedor Smolov. Uh, He's 30 years old. He hasn't really been on the best form in the last year or so. I mentioned Adair. He's in this starting lineup as well. Uh, According to TransferMarkt, their two most valuable attackers are a left winger from Guinea who just came in to Bordeaux named Francois Camano and... They have a center forward named J. Luis, who is from Portugal and Cape Verde. Uh, they just bought him this summer for seven point seven million U.S. dollars. So, Chuck, do you see any threat? I hate I hate to really boil this down, but I do not believe that Lokomotiv are anywhere near the same level as Bayern Munich. Do you believe that there is anybody on this team that will? be of concern.
1: No, Jake. In fact, this is one locomotive that will surely be derailed. Now we need to hit that big. Yeah. For me right there in the sound box. Just kidding. Yeah. Are we Uh, sure? Are we sure about that conductor? There is no shot. (laughs) There is no shot in my mind that Bayern Munich loses this game. I don't think Hansi flick's going to take his foot off the pedal. I think he's going to come out with a strong lineup I think they're going to look to get an early lead and then we'll start to see the subs come in. Just talent-wise and depth-wise, I just I can't see how the Russian team can match Bayern at this stage of the season.
0: Yeah, so it's going to be incredibly hard for this team already. Uh hopefully it's more of a fight than we think. At least in terms of the game-watching standpoint, I would hate to pay for CBS all access to have this thing turn out to be like a 3-0 win. Like I'm I'm expecting a lot of goals I'm expecting with Sané back with most of the team relatively rested I'm expecting five I'm minimum five six goals and if not I'm going to be disappointed I'm going to be very sad I want Lewandowski to get himself a hat trick he needs to show that he can perform in the Champions League which he has not done in a long time Step up, Louie, <laughs> and show us what you're made of. Uh, anyway, that wraps up this episode of uh, Bavarian Podcast Works. Like I said, it was going to be a little bit of a quick one uh, to try to push this out just in time for the game today so thank you very much for listening be sure to like rate share subscribe and download us on apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, spotify and anywhere else to get your quality audio content follow us on twitter at bavarian fb works at jefferson fenner and at the barrel blog and until next time where we may or may not recap this game but we will definitely preview Bayern's bundesliga game at the weekend we will see you later auf Wiedersehen